Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Skip past the platitudes, skip past pretty much everything, and there was a lot of it that had been spoken by both Brian Reynolds and now Ben Charrington regarding the Reynolds situation, and you'll find what the reality is. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dayon Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or football. I also offer Daily Shots of Penguins and Steelers where you found this Charrington spoke with reporters yesterday in Dunedin, Florida, site of the spring general managers meetings away from Pirate City, but not that far. It's like about a 40 minute drive, depending on the always awful Florida traffic. And he talked about Reynolds and he and he made clear, as Reynolds had the previous day in Bradenton, that it's all status quo as far as actual talks as far as a resumption of negotiations. But Charrington also had this to say. When it comes to contracts, you know, uh, if we're talking about, we're not talking like free agent environment is different, obviously. Um, we talked about before that, you know, I think there are players who, um, through some combination of performance, consistency, earning trust, um, that we want to give we want to provide a choice to. We want to um, give an alternative to, and, and but but respect that it's really a personal choice, and um, it ought to be. You know, like our job is to provide the, the choice, and, and in some cases, you can't do that in every case, but in some cases, provide the choice, and um, either way it goes, uh, do what we can to support that player, um, support the team, and. Uh, yeah, we got to keep keep in mind that we we're, we want to win, <laughs> and we want to get to winning and sustain that winning for as long as we can. That's not the money line, mind you. The money line will come when the money is put forth, presuming it's put forth. But it's close to it, because what you have now is on one hand the player saying, "My goal, my number one." I'm quoting that one directly. Preference is to stay with the Pirates. As Reynolds went on to say, he wasn't looking to uh, break any bank or set any kind of super crazy standard. He was looking for something that he described as a fair contract, but again, with a priority to remain in Pittsburgh. This is what I was referring to 
when I reported a few days ago that Reynolds' attitude about being with the pirates was going to be very upbeat upon his arrival. Well, it was, and it is, and it'll remain that way. I've also been reporting to you for a really long time now that he legitimately wants to stay. And all he's done is even after the CAA agency made public a trade request, continue to maintain that stance. But when you hear Charrington himself acknowledge that he hopes that talks can restart, he hopes that there can be more discussion toward a true long-term extension, that, my friends, is when you have two things aligned that really need to further align. In my experience of covering professional sports over a lifetime, when this occurs, there is the right resolution at the end, almost without exception. Why? Because one side wants something, the other side wants the same thing, and it's just a matter of meeting somewhere and figuring it out. And by meeting somewhere, I don't mean a place. I mean somewhere financially that it'd be considered a real compromise. And that's why I keep going back to the Pirates' original offer, and from all anyone knows, only offer, and then wondering what in hell CAA was thinking to just burn the building down without a further negotiation. Should the Pirates have come in a little higher and not low-balled Reynolds? Sure. But did CAA need to react the way it did? No. Does CAA have a history of reacting the way it did? Uh-huh. They absolutely do. And does CAA view Reynolds as one of those big-ticket items that they can really put all of their muscle and weight behind and try to get absolutely as much as possible, not just for the player but for themselves? You betcha. You betcha. And that's what happened here. So now, as Charrington put it yesterday, what would come about if this were an honest process, meaning from the CAA perspective, is that they'd get back to the GM. Did you catch that part too? He didn't suggest that he was going to go banging on their door because the Pirates made an offer and CAA's response was to go public with a trade request as opposed to any sort of counter or even a, wow, seriously, are you kidding? This was what they did. So that's what Charrington wants. And I think that's a fair stance for any GM to take, whether... There's a, a miser of an owner like Bob Nutting or whether they're running the Dodgers or the Mets. It's a reasonable stance to take. You can't have an agency, especially one as big as CAA, that's going to represent a lot of guys under your watch over the years and let them try to bully you around or just behave unprofessionally. I believe that's what happened here. And bear in mind, I'm someone who really, really, really wants Reynolds to get paid and to remain in Pittsburgh. But I don't like the way CAA conducted themselves here. I also don't like the fact that Reynolds appears to have really fallen for their crap a little too lightly. But the onus is now on them. It's on them. And, and, and really, that's not to discount Reynolds' own influence in this. This isn't an independent thinker and all that. And he made that much very obvious. 
in his meeting with reporters this week. But he's either he or they have to come together and say, listen, look, this is over and done with and everything else here. Give the GM a call. Give the GM a call. Let's get it restarted. Let's reach an agreement, if nothing else, than to keep it between us to stay professional or to start being professional in CAA's case and move forward. Seems reasonable, right? Hmm, we'll see. When we come back, J1Q. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern that's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone. An eating experience, underscoring the word experience. The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800-degree stone, and you do the rest. It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. good one comes from John who says, DK, will the baseball ops folks still have a major impact on who plays and therefore the performance slash success of the 2023 season? I'm aware that the days of managers filling out the lineup cards are long gone, but in the game today, can better players overcome bad slash confounding decisions by the front office? I want to get through a couple of things first here as background, John. Managers fill out lineup cards. Derek Shelton fills out his lineup card. He and Don Kelly work on it together. There is input given. There is data provided. There are suggestions made. Shelton could not make it clearer that he is the one filling out the card, although he would point out that technically it's DK or Don Kelly, and that actually is what they call Don Kelly, which makes for some uncomfortable moments in some settings where they'll yell out DK and both of us will turn around. But it's Kelly's very neat handwriting that makes out the card. So let's not take that one too far. There are suggestions, and then of course there are all capital letter suggestions that are made by the GM. And you know how that goes when it comes to any workplace setting. Boss says, hey, I think this would be a good idea. It's probably more than just his or her very good idea, right? Also, for further clarification, when you're talking about lineup cards, you're talking about batting order. And there aren't many people left in baseball who subscribe to the value of the order in which you put the players. And that's because there's voluminous evidence to prove that an optimal 
a perfect batting order based on the math will only get you, I believe the figure is two or three additional wins over the course of an entire season versus a common batting order. So again, it's optimal versus common. And yet, it accounts for probably about 95% of the discussion and debate when it comes to fans in baseball. It just really doesn't matter all that much what order they bat in. Now, that said, John, your point about management interfering and screwing up things that take place on the field is a very valid one. But I wanted to get those points out of the way before I got to what I feel is the actual impact that they have. And that is acquiring crappy players and putting them on the field, forcing them onto the field so that they can show the management guys what they got. And that's why I kept describing the 2022 season as a 162-game glorified tryout session because that's how Charrington handled it and that's how Charrington forced Shelton to handle it. I felt that was unfair, not just to the manager, but also to the players in the clubhouse and as long as we're at it, to the to the fan base. Uh, I can bring up Josh Van Meter and everyone would give a big nod, but it wasn't just him. It was a ton of these guys. And how many of them stuck? How many of them surprised you? How many of them showed you something that they hadn't already put into indelible ink on the back of their figurative baseball cards? None. Zero. Can't state this often enough, but Ben Gamble is the one and only waiver guy who's done anything over Charrington's tenure. And that's what needed to stop. That's the part that was making Shelton look like a fool. He, he knows his GM goes and gets somebody. He's, of course, going to feel like he's got to play him. He's not just going to go back to the GM and to all of his various underlings and scouts and say, are you guys nuts? This guy stinks. I'm not putting him out there. He can't do that. He can't do that. And yet people were yelling at Shelton over Van Meter playing. Can't do that. Think about your own jobs. Think about how those go. I appreciate the question is a really good one. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. We'll do another one of these on Monday from... Bradenton. I'm flying down Sunday night for the first workout, the first full squad workout of the spring. 